0: Welcome back, everybody. This is the... Rad Parenting Podcast sponsored by Full Circle Family Counseling. And again, we have a treat. We have both Tracy Turner here, licensed clinical mental health counselor, supervisor based out of North Carolina. And uh, we have Paula Boyd from our team as well. And we've got a really uh, exciting topic today, I think. And so Tracy, the other day you and I got into a discussion about a, a parent and their child, and there was some, some blaming going on. Um over over a particular item, and you used an interesting phrase, and I wanted to dive into that today because I think it's something that maybe uh, parents don't think about, and you said you need to create the space for the kid to to own up to what they did or didn't do. And so I thought that would be a great topic to dive into. And I'm going to, you know, we certainly don't want to give any specifics about any of our families. We do absolutely value privacy. So, you know, kind of dancing around very generically, but I'm going to let you and Paula discuss that and kind of open up that topic for everybody today.
1: Great. Wonderful. And and it's not, and it was so interesting because when it came up, it made me realize like, this is a common theme. Right, which made me think, wow, Paul and I, we really, we really need to talk about this. Because it's really hard when you're living with the child and you've been interacting with them for such a long period of time, like day in and day out for years to come, where, it's, where as a parent, you're not frustrated with the, their inability uh, to respond quickly, to be able to admit if they've done something or not done something. So this is like, and and I was just you know listening to the Attached Summit and it was great to hear um, Frank Anderson and Terry Levy and uh, lots of other really wonderful people talk about um, the parts and the attachment styles mm-hmm. and the pieces that uh, made me realize like, oh, this is what's happening, right? The, like Or to hear Dan Siegel talk about the trauma in the brain and to begin to really recognize that what gets caught up here is that the parents' trauma, and when I say trauma, it can be from horrific to a generalization, but another wonderful woman talked about interruptions, that these are interruptions in our lives, right? So when we have, so if my interruption interferes or gets tangled up with my child's interruptions, mm-hmm. then there's gonna be a tangle of mess and we're gonna not, we're, we're, our ability to communicate clearly with each other is not gonna happen. Um, So when a child and most of these kids that have attachment issues, they're prolific at lying and stealing and lying it seems to be the one thing that for most parents is just not acceptable. You know, we get taught at an early age that lying is not okay. That if we tell the truth, we just tell the truth we'll get into less trouble than if we lie. And that it's really important that we're upfront and honest and that we don't lie. And that lying is kind of uh, uh, shunned upon, right? And yet these kids are lying all the time about anything and everything. It's a good survival skill. I tell you what you want to hear um, mm-hmm. because you're not going to be around long enough to know if it's true or not true is a lot of times the situation. I lied because I don't want to get in trouble. So if I tell you what you want to hear, then I'm not going to get in trouble. And, and if I'm really good at it and I'm real charming about it, you're not going to know one way or the other. And, so, and yet it, it activates and triggers a lot of the parents' uh, own issues around this and we try to teach our kids not to lie and yet they're continuing to do it and i think what i noticed when working with this with this child was that it was really a clear example of how one's trauma gets activated through the interaction of someone else's trauma being activated so and the parent is like, I, I'm I'm frustrated, I'm up to my eyeballs. I cannot tolerate you lying anymore. You know, why is it that you don't trust me enough to just tell me if you did it or didn't do it? So they're coming at it from on a personal note with their own thoughts about lying and their own personal like how come you don't trust me? I've not I've done nothing but be honest and upfront and genuine with you, and yet you can't seem to be able to do that back to me. Lots of things come up for the parent. And then For the child what i saw happening was all of that goes out the window right their trauma is getting activated and triggered and they go into defensive mode in their brain and they shut down and then we go and they're reverting back to the emotional three-year-old um and they get defensive so wanting to give the 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 way that i think that we can connect in this situation so that we that the parent and child doesn't get caught up in the, in the power struggle of this lying or not lying is for once again, for, for me as the therapist to support the parent and really want, and have their back as far as, hey, I recognize that your issues are coming up to just on an energetic level to be there so that the parent feels supported to be able to take a breath and kind of go, wow, I can see that my child's trauma is being activated and and they're in defensive mode. And when they're in defensive mode, how do we reach them to make that connection? And that is where I said, you give them the space to be able to be expansive instead of contractual in their defensiveness. We want to have them expand in their nervous system to be able to take a breath and kind of go, well, like any three-year-old might. I, maybe I was, maybe I wasn't, I'm not sure. Um, and to be able to communicate in that level. So it's kind of like, if you see your child as a three-year-old, can you say to them, and I was like, I always love the cookie jar example. Can you think of your, like, if, you, if your kids got their hand in the, in the in the cookie jar, can you say, wow, <laughs> looks like you're into the cookie jar. No, 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 I'm not. All right, so thinking of using the example of the child having their hand in the cookie jar or eating cookies and you catch them and you're kind of like, oh, you're eating cookies. And they're gonna say, if we come at it with curiosity and a statement versus an accusation, what are you doing in the cookie jar? You're not supposed to be in the cookie jar. You know, I told you not to be in the cookie jar. You know better than that. And we have that kind of energy then that shuts the other child down, right? They're like, and they're like frozen, they're gonna freeze. And then they're either gonna flee Mm-hmm. <laughs> or they're gonna fight. Yeah,
2: that's, that's what never, I was
1: thinking. Right. And you're never gonna get so even if you get the truth from them, if you get the truth from them in the fact that you're forcing them to tell you the truth, then their brain is going gonna go into revenge. Mm-hmm. Right. And they're not gonna have the, the moment of connection. They're gonna be like, Yes, I did take it, but in their mind, they're thinking, I'm going to screw it to you, mom. You know, how dare you put me in that defensive mode? I am not relaxed and connecting with you. So I know, and yeah, so I know a lot of parents say to me, but I feel like I'm condoning their behavior. I'm controlling and I don't want to play that game anymore. I don't want to have to control them into telling me the truth. And I'm thinking if you can think of it as not controlling or condoning their behavior, but more as. Taking an opportunity to reframe it, use the parts language, and be able to connect with them, then they're going to be much more receptive to, oh, I can trust that I can tell the truth and not, and still have mom love me. Right. So that would look kind of more like, you know, to be able to come to them with, oh, you know, I see your hands in the cookie jar, you know. And to be able to give them space to kind of go, uh, yeah, uh, maybe, it's like, huh, you got cookie crumbs on your mouth there, kiddo. You know, to be able to then, to just kind of keep leading them down the path of, I'm not asking you, I'm not wondering, I know, but I'm giving you breadcrumbs of curiosity and acceptance that I'm going to accept you if you choose to tell me the truth or choose not to tell me the truth, or if you did do it or didn't do it, I'm still gonna be your parent. I'm still gonna love you. You know, the natural and logical consequences might happen, but you're gonna be able to handle that. And that's when the child is able to then kind of expand into recognizing that telling the truth is not the end of the world and that they're actually gonna be able to connect. And that's what we wanna teach our kids, right? If you tell the truth, you won't get in as much trouble, which basically means translates to, if you tell me the truth, I'm still going to be here for you and we can connect. And then I can use this as a teachable moment to teach you how to do it differently next time. Next time, hey, why don't you just ask if you can have a cookie? That makes sense?
2: Yeah. Yeah, it does make sense. I love that because I, you know just even in, uh, in a school setting where you have kids who are struggling at school and then as soon as they get in the car, they, as soon as they get off the bus, how was your day? I mean, it seems like a regular, normal question that you would ask just anybody, but it can actually be a very triggering question for a kid, especially for a kid who's really struggling with connection and has that that trauma piece. And so instead of setting setting up the scenario to let you lie to me, maybe the teacher's already emailed me and I already know how your day was, I might look at you and say, wow, you look like you had a really hard day today. Instead of that, going back to that statement, instead of walking in and saying, are you getting a cookie Mm -hmm. versus like, wow, looks like you're getting a cookie. (laughs) And it does, it creates, it eliminates the opportunity for them to even tell a lie. Um, Because I'm coming into this, I'm coming into this. I love you, no matter whether, like you said, whether you tell me a lie, whether you tell me the truth, and I'm going to provide a space for you to feel safe. Because that felt safety is, is the key, felt safety, um, And I, but I do think it's hard for people to let go of the, the whole you're telling me a lie thing, but I really believe it goes back to our own childhoods and how we were parented and why I think it's sometimes better to sit back and question why does that trigger me so much, you know?
1: And, and just, I think if we can use the parts languages. Like, I, I love the, the, the remembering of the parts languages. Like, oh, looks like a part of you She's got your hand in the cookie jar there, right? Mm-hmm. And then that gives the child a space to kind of go, it's not all of me. I'm not all of me. It's not getting in trouble. It's just part of me. It's like they can take, it's easier to take responsibility for parts of ourselves mm-hmm. or just to speak from parts of ourselves when we don't, when we then, when there's space to understand that it's not all of us right and then we're not um so i think there's um there's a fine balance there and it's um i'm hoping that that parents can really take the opportunity to recognize what's getting activated for them and to be able to come from that place of like claim uh taking ownership of that and be able to kind of work through that so it doesn't so that you so that we can as parents not get caught up in our own power struggles with that and then to give this child the expansive space to be able to you know tangle themselves up right to kind of go oh <laughs> you know like and then yeah. they really begin to learn this learning they then begin to learn the the social skills of the importance of, of being up front telling the truth coming forth and so of saying hey I, I think I made a mistake here or I, I did this on I you know it was an accident or it was an accident on purpose or on purpose accident. <laughs> Yeah,
2: I know. and And, you know, recognizing recognizing that brain development, you know, children are wired to be curious. They're wired to be creative and impulsive. And it's our job to come alongside of them as parents to help coach that and direct that in ways that are positive. And, you know, depending on, you know, sometimes I know we do a lot of families who have foster and foster to adopted. Um, so they may not be getting that infant stage and and they may be looking at, developmentally when a typical three four or five year old begins to explore their world and take their imagination into um, a bigger space where there's like are you lying are you pretending you know a lot of times you you can use that language to teach the kids um, so that they know in a safe environment without being shamed you know what your expectation is as a parent for, for telling the truth Um, And I think that's that's really important to just be able to create space for that in a way that's engaging and connectful and playful. We don't have to shame. We don't have to be punitive in how we speak in order to, you know, have the level of respect in our home that we're asking
1: for. Right. It's 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 recognizing the shame cycle that gets them activated and mm-hmm. being able to move move beyond that. So more on the shame cycle at another time. Yeah. Yes.
0: Yeah. I was just gonna say that sounds like a really good topic for another time. So as we wrap up today, if if there's one thing kind of uh, maybe an awareness for a parent to have or just a um, just a, a stop and do in the moment if they find themselves, what's that one little snippet of Advice or a tool for them in
1: the moment to really help that expansion take place. That's a good question. I think the take-home message would be: uh, all kids lie. It's a it's a defense mechanism that gets wired when we don't feel safe. Um, so if we we can have the empathy and the and the aware for all that, my child internally does not feel safe most of the time and their defensive mechanism is going to lie. And can I give them space to playfully with curiosity and a choice um, to choose to lie or not to lie that they actually to be able to make that choice to connect with them. And sometimes that helps parents just take a breath before they allow their belief systems or thoughts or lessons that they learned about lying. kind
2: of go. What I was going to say is in in that moment if you can or even as you're reflecting chase the why 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 does this bother me so much why why am I triggered very deeply by this and just explore that.
0: That's why we're here. Love that. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you ladies as always very very insightful and uh, um, you know I know that parents get a lot out of the just the brief little moments—one to, to let them know they're not going crazy, and and give them some some tools and strategies, and uh, to move forward, and 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 keep. Fighting the good fight. So, mm-hmm. thanks everyone for joining us for this episode. We look forward to having you again. If you have anything specific you'd like us to cover, be sure to email us anytime at rad at fullcirclefamilycounseling dot com. And you can listen uh look at all of our listen to all of our other podcasts available wherever you get your favorite podcasts are always available on our website. So, thanks again. We'll see you soon.